Kia ora. How are you doing? Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Great to see you guys. Let's stand at our feet. Um, huge big gaps between us at this point in time. We're not too scary. <laughs> How do you feel about all coming forward a little bit? Going forward a few rows. Just yeah? a couple, just a couple. Let's, let's, let's come together a it little bit. It doesn't make you more holy, but it does encourage us that we Then you'll be able to hear each together. other. <laughs> we'll be able to encourage each other. Come on. I, I saw like two or three people moving. <laughs> we appreciate it. Thank Come you. on. <laughs> no, the coolest thing this morning when I was driving to um, church, obviously it had been a bit raining, but as I was driving, I was like, the most beautiful sunshiny sun out this side, like bright sunshine rise. I'm like, oh, this is going to be an awesome day. I looked in my rear view mirror and I saw the darkest, grayest clouds, kind of like the colors of the back wall. And I was just like, Hang on, that doesn't make sense. Turned around and there's a massive storm looking thing coming. And I was just like, how amazing. And then when I got up to the roundabout and had to turn around to come back, as, as you do when you come from that direction, I turned around and as I was coming back, in between the beautiful sunshine, the massive storm, was the coolest rainbow. Like it was massive. And I thought, how cool is that? That God's promises, because that's what the rainbow is about. I will not flood the earth again. That God's promises always come before a storm will always come when, you know, whenever something might be going to go not so well or whatever. God's always going to be there before it. He's not scared by it. He's not like, oh, hang on, whoopsie, they're going through a bad time. Let's jump in and help. He like knows right from the beginning and He gives us promises and He gives us truth to know that when the storms come, because they do in life, that's part of life, we can still praise Him. We can still worship Him because He is with us and He is for us. So when we sing this song, it talks about the joy of the Lord. Joy is not an emotion in the sense of happiness. You know, it's like, like Joy is like this deep down thing that comes from God. It's one of, you know, one of the fruits of the Spirit. The joy of the Lord is my strength, yeah? It's something that's deep. It's something that has guts to it. It's not hyper. It's not excitement. It's gutsy. It's got substance, yeah? So when we sing about this, it's singing about substance, not a, like a hee. You can sometimes feel hee. <laughs> but the majority is it's something that comes from God. When we sing the joy of the Lord, let that come down deep in your soul this morning. If you've got a storm coming your way or if you're in the middle of it, best thing to do is to praise and worship God, yeah? Let that rainbow come out this morning. Let's sing together. You turned. You turned it all around. When I was hurting, now I'm rejoicing. In your love I'm found. Cause I have joy. Oh, you took away my pain. You turned my Good. You have, you have given me a joy. 
Everyone said, Amen. Give your neighbor a high five. Take a seat. Great to see you this morning. Give you a very warm welcome. It's lovely to see you. If this is your first or second time at Activate Church, it's wonderful to have you with us this morning. Nigel, it's great to have you all the way from the Naki. Welcome. Rather guests, welcome. Church, can we put our hands together and welcome our visitors this morning? Wonderful to have you with us. 
Pastor Sheridan and Jan are in the UK. They are celebrating the 100th anniversary of the apostolic movement that was birthed 100 years ago in Wales. And they are there on behalf or with the national leadership team, with other national leadership teams around the globe, meeting to celebrate this historic event, 100 years of the apostolic movement, or Acts as we know now. Uh, isn't that amazing? And uh, they'll have an amazing time as they begin their celebrations. And um, I look forward to hearing their report back on it. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Pastor Trevor. He's going to come forward and talk about an event coming up not too far away. Thank you, Trevor. Good morning, everyone. Uh, you've heard lots about our church wanting to take a, uh, a leadership position in the extension of the kingdom of God. You heard about that? And we believe that the kingdom of God should have people who know God in the leadership positions. And so part of that is the motivation for us to start Business Plus. Business Plus is for business people and plus all of those who want to take a leadership position in kingdom of God affairs outside of our church Sunday functions every day of the week. So that's enough about that, but I just want to promote this coming up Tuesday week, 18th of, of August. Is it Tuesday week? Or the week? And uh, it's going to be a fantastic night. Mark Powell is the ex-CEO of the Warehouse Group, and he has uh, finished his position there, got an amazing story to tell, and he is passionate about this whole concept of God's people leading kingdom activities. And so he's going to give his story about, uh, about what motivates him and what actually makes him successful. So it's August the 18th, we've got these flyers, we've got a pile of them at the back, please take them and make sure we fill this place on that uh, Thursday night, Thursday night, 18th of August, 7.30. It's going to be not a church service. It's going to be for people who are interested in success in business plus, plus. They'll get all the other plus factors that, on that night. We're going to have some uh, music and coffee and it's going to be a great night. Thank you. Thank you, Trevor. Let's give Trevor a hand. That's great. As Trevor has said, really encourage you to be part of that, to invite uh, colleagues, neighbours, people that are interested in business, plus uh, it's not only for business people, but professionals as well. So as Trevor said, we want to see this place filled Thursday, 7.30 p.m., 18th of September. And on the 10th of, sorry, of August, on the 10th of uh, August, we have Rob Berg. He's an award-winning uh, singer and songwriter. He will be here on Wednesday the 10th uh, at 7 p.m. Really encourage you to come along. Rob is an amazing guy. I remember he was here probably four or five years ago. And uh, when I saw him, I was really impressed. This man absolutely loves Jesus. His whole life is giving to serving the Lord. It just flowed out of him. And so I really encourage you to be part of that too. Well, that's awesome. Well, it's time to celebrate uh, birthdays and wedding anniversaries. So if you've had a birthday or a wedding anniversary this week, why don't you come forward and... Um, sorry. 
Well, I'll, I'll get to that part first. So it's my birthday, well, that was, on, on uh, I shared it with Richard, actually, on Thursday, on the 28th of July. But I would like to invite the Nobelites to come out as well. Paul and Leanne and family have been away for about three months. So let's give them a hand as this is their first Sunday back at church. Can I have two today? I'll just go for one. So um, Paul and Leanne, yeah. Well, I would like to ask Trevor to lead this prayer today as we stand as a church. So would you like to do that, Trevor? Pray that over us. Thank you. Great to see you home. I've been reading all the, it's like we've been on this world tour with you. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. Let's read together, shall we? Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Trevor. Let's give all these guys a hand. Thank you. Wonderful stuff. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Nari. She's going to come and read Psalm 53 for us. Thank you, Nari. Who loves the Psalms? Not all the Psalms are pretty, but they are true to, yeah. And we all feel the same sometimes, don't we, when life isn't too good. And David gives us permission to say whatever we like to God and put it in his hands. So Psalm 53. Only fools say in their heart there is no God. They're corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. God looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. But no, all have turned away. They've become corrupt. No one does good, not a single one. Will those who do evil never learn? They eat up my people like bread and wouldn't think of praying to God. Terror will grip them. Terror like they've never known before. And God will scatter the bones of your enemies. You will put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When God restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Just think on those words. Stand to your feet uh, as Caleb and team lead us in worshipping the God. I just really want to encourage us to open our hands to heaven and to freshly commit ourselves to the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We have this 
awesome privilege of knowing God and of serving Him. So why don't you join with me raising your hands to heaven and lifting your voices in thanks to God. Father, we thank you for the incredible privilege we have to know you, to serve you. And Father, afresh, Lord, we give ourselves to you and to your purposes. Lord, may your spirit fill us and overflow us. May your grace empower us to be like Jesus. Lord, as we come together to worship you, may we know that we're one with you. In Jesus' name. Lord, have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Before we sing this song, let's just get our praise of God on our lips. We praise you. Yeah, we praise you. Oh 
We stand in awe of our great and mighty God. We stand in awe. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are great and mighty and able and able to do all things. Nothing is impossible for you, God. Nothing at all. Yes, nothing is impossible for you, God. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord God. Oh, Lord. In those places in our lives where we have not yet seen breakthrough, this morning we declare breakthrough in Jesus' name. Because you are able, Lord. You are able. Lord, in our families where we have not yet seen, we have not yet seen the fulfillment of your word and your promise yet with our own eyes, Lord, we declare breakthrough in Jesus' name. Because you are able. We declare healing in Jesus' name in this place this morning. We declare it in Jesus' name. You are able. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that out of your the riches of your love, Lord, out of the riches of your love, you supply all of our need. Thank you, Lord. Your grace, oh, Lord, your undeserved favor poured out upon your people. Thank you, Lord. We receive it now. We receive that now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
real moment for that. There's a, there's a grace, there's a moment, there's an anointing, I don't know, what do you call it? But I feel like that's what God wants to do this morning. He wants to set us free. There's some things, some of our lives that we want to, we've been like, oh God, I just want to get that right. I just want to be right before you. God says, you are right before me. I did that. I did what you need. I've already done that. I purchased that for you. I put that in your bank account already. I poured out my favor upon you. And this morning I feel the Spirit of the Lord wants to say, receive that freedom this morning. Receive that freedom. So if that's you, let's receive it. You need to stand with your hands open, you know. Or whatever you want to do to signal to God that you're receiving that. You do that right now. Sing your love so deep. Your love so deep is washing over me. Your face is all I see. You are my everything. Jesus Christ, you are my one desire. Lord, hear my only cry to know you. forgiven you already I have already set you free so stand here forgiven I have set you free I am set you free and I have set you free stand here forgiven and I am set you free
Father, thank you for the words that Jesus said. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Father, we thank you for your amazing grace, your amazing kindness, your unmerited favor to each one of us, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for your atoning sacrifice, that through your precious blood, Lord, our sins have been washed away. That, Lord, we stand in your presence, righteous, just as though we've never sinned, justified, made right with you, Lord. Father, I pray today that every limit, every self-imposed limit, Father, would be blown away in the name of Jesus. Father, I release open heaven over every person here this morning, Lord. And open heaven to know that we stand in your presence, that we can come boldly into your throne of grace to find help and mercy in time of need. Father, I break away every limitation of fear and, uh, Lord, incompetence. And, Lord, just those things that would hold us back. Father, we break them in the name of Jesus. Father, right now I pray for, Lord, your spirit of grace, the empowerment of your Holy Spirit, Lord, to know that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That, Lord, we belong to you, Lord. We're beloved. We're in the family of God. Father, I thank you as the Father and Son and Spirit are one, so that he that is one fused to you, Lord, is one with you in the Spirit. Thank you for that oneness, Lord. Thank you for the awesome God you are. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Yeah, why don't you take a seat? I'm going to share something to you that theologically you won't find in the Bible. But I had this sense this morning that God was making donuts for us to enjoy. <laughs> How about that? I, I think in heaven you can eat all the food. Well, maybe not all the food you want. <laughs> maybe you can. Lance thinks maybe you can. But you don't have to worry about your waistline because the food is so good. And, and uh, I just think God is so in love with us as people and he so much wants us to know his joy, which is so good. So uh, this morning we have the pleasure of Pastor Rex coming to share with us. Before he does, I just want to share a couple of prophetic things. One is with you, Lance. I really believe the Lord... Uh, is calling you to uh, a mantle of being a warrior in the army of God. It's something you don't have to stress or strive about, but there is an authority, I believe, that's going to come into your life as you press into Him in the secret place that God will release through you. So be encouraged with that. And uh, David, I, I believe the Lord wants to encourage you um, that He's going to work through you um, something... Uh, you'll become an incredibly strong man in God. And you'll carry the strength of God's compassion that others will be able to shelter, be encouraged, and be lifted because of the strength that God has placed in you and through you. So be encouraged with that. Very good. Well, let's put our hands together as we welcome Pastor Rex this morning. It's wonderful to have Pastor Rex. We honor you and appreciate you so much. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so very much, Ray. And thank you, worship team, for leading us in a relationship with, with the Lord. And, um, yeah, good to have the Nobelos back again. 
This morning, Irene and I were planning to be in Cheltenham in the USA with um, Pastor Jan and Sheridan. Uh, several years ago, we planned to be at the centenary celebrations of the Apostolic Church denomination. Um, and I'm so pleased that Jan and Sheridan are there. Uh, I was on email contact with him yesterday. Uh, Sheridan produced a assignment with the Tanikau Bible School of a history of the Apostolic Church. And I took that and developed it and produced a little pamphlet for all of our leadership. And so Sheridan is getting some first-hand experience of the leadership and the ministry and the history of the church. And I've got a few spares of these if any of you happen to be interested in it. The annual international convention of the Apostolic Churches in Penny Groves was like a mecca for the whole global movement. And uh, people, apostolics worldwide, just wanted to go to that annual Penny Groves convention. And Irene and I have been there a few times. On one occasion, I took three Bible studies in the mornings. And uh, on another occasion, I was an international speaker there. And we had visited many apostolic churches throughout the UK and in Europe. And so we've got some dear friends, uh, former leaders. They're all retired now, of course. And we were really looking forward to being there with them. But I'm here with you. <laughs> so maybe you'd like to turn to somebody and say, well, we're glad that we've got Rex here. <laughs> Um, the Apostolic Church, which is the mother of the Acts Church movement that we have here in New Zealand, that we're part of, the uh, Apostolic Church is one of the Pentecostal denominations that was spawned in the 20th century. The church started in the United Kingdom in Wales, and it came here to New Zealand in the early 1930s. Irene was born into the Apostolic Church. She became a Christian later on. Her, pa <laughs> Her parents were recognized as Maori missioners with the apostolic movement, and they were living in, in Kerikeri in the Bay of Islands. And uh, they ran Sunday school programs and house churches in Kerikeri among the, among the Maori people. And Irene grew up in the, in the micro-church environment. Irene and I have been active in the denomination for probably three quarters of the time that's been in existence here in New Zealand. And just like Trevor and Margaret, long history in the movement. And isn't it good to have people in our church who have got longevity in the history and that sort of thing? You know, we applaud people like this in their consistency. And here he is up again praying leading a new initiative in the life of the church. Thank God for people like that with longevity. And one of the things that we owe it to the young generation is to have happy old people in the church so that these young people can look at us and say, it'll last me forever. <laughs> Our apostolic church denomination has been part of what the church historians have called the Restoration Movement. And it's got its roots in the New Testament. And I want to read to you from Acts chapter 3, verses 17 to 21, 
where Peter describes God's desire to restore everything before Jesus comes again. There's a restoration process going on. And Peter says in Acts 3, verse 17, Friends, I realize that you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance, but God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then, then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven, he's staying in heaven, until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. So there's a restoration process going on. And I'd like to give you a very quick um, church history of some of the recovery that's going on. The New Testament church began at Pentecost in Jerusalem and quickly spread throughout the whole empire. Then a thousand years later in 1054, there was what's called the Great Schism when the Eastern Orthodox and the Western Catholic churches separated. And the Eastern Orthodox church is still a very significant movement in the Eastern uh, nations. There's the Greek Orthodox and Russian Orthodox. Then we had the Catholic Church. Then about 500 years later, in 1517, Martin Luther posted his 95 Theses in Wittenberg in Germany, which, which was the beginning of the Protestant movement, the Protestant Reformation. Well, the Protestants kept on protesting among themselves and kept on dividing. Catholics had good sense to make any new initiative and turn it just into another order. But the Protestants just spawned many, many denominations. Then at the beginning of the 20th century, there was an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit, which I believe was meant to be an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit for all the church. And it took place in North America and South Africa and India and the continent of Europe and, and in Wales and elsewhere, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit was called the Pentecostal Revival because it was similar to the, the outpouring that's recorded in Acts chapter 2 when on the Jewish festival day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out. So they picked up the word Pentecostal. Some people called it the, the tongues movement. But those who received the baptism into God's Holy Spirit were powerfully energized. Enthusiastically, they began to proclaim this wonderful new experience. And some people responded to it, but unfortunately, some church leaders just resisted it and rejected it. And the Pentecostals were not allowed to continue to worship in their own churches anymore. So very reluctantly, they left their churches and they, they felt that they needed to keep meeting as Pentecostals in their homes and in rented halls. But because they'd been empowered with the Holy Spirit and became passionate in evangelism, they grew. And they spawned missionary movements all around the world. And the Pentecostal movement became known as the third force in Christendom, powerfully multiplying 
all around the globe. And it was, it was, they were heady moments. And it was great to be a, a part of that, that wonderful move of God. And uh, Trevor and I and others who are older can remember some of the early Pentecostal people. They had fire. <laughs> they had spirit. Wonderful to be part of a move of God like that. And so some of the Pentecostal distinctives are that there was an emphasis on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And there were the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They were, they were focused on Jesus and worship. Oh, how the Pentecostals loved Jesus and the Word of God. Don't say that Pentecostals were ignorant of the Scriptures. Pentecostals loved the Scriptures. Everyone was expected to keep reading the Bible for themselves. They had weekly Bible studies. And they were emphasizing holy living, separation from the world. So much so that sometimes we felt as though we were a bit of a subculture. Evangelism. Every Sunday night, the gospel sermon. We call it the simple gospel. We wanted people to get saved. We had open airs. There were tract distributions. There was house visitation. Pentecostals were passionate about evangelism and mission. All the giving and the praying and the setting aside of whole prayer meetings just for the missionaries and families of churches, the sense of community that was developed among them. That lovely, warm environment of these churches. Well, at the same time as the Pentecostal denominations were emerging, the apostolic churches came into existence with their own unique revelation that the Pentecostals never had. Something more. And in fact, so the, the apostolics and some of our older friends will remember, we would say, we are not Pentecostal. We're apostolic. Yeah. Trevor says that's right. <laughs> So the apostolic distinctives, which are our DNA as Acts churches, it's our birthright, was the recognition of the Ephesians 4 fivefold ministries and the honoring of gifted leadership. Early apostolic leaders recognized the role of apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And, and it caused a bit of a division between us and Pentecostals because they thought it was so arrogant and presumptuous for us to recognize gifted leaders as apostles and prophets. But we believe that God was giving us a divine deposit of truth being restored to the whole body of Christ, that Jesus was the head of the church, and he was manifesting that divine government through these gifted ascension ministries. Some of the catchwords of the slogan and slogans of the movement were that the apostolic movement has divine government. It was declared that we've got the headship of Christ functioning, as though other churches didn't have the headship of Christ. Apostolics believed that they could receive the mind of God for any situation. They believed they were God's agents to bring God's divine government and God's divine kingdom rule upon earth. Prophetic revelation mobilized and directed evangelistic enterprise and, and dynamic missionary movements. The, we, had, we had phrases about the, 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 
the apostolic vision, the glorious vision, and that the vision will belt the globe. And many missionary uh, initiatives respond, especially by prophetic revelation, sending out apostles, evangelists into the nations. It was awful. It was awesome. I'm not awful. Awful for some, but it was awesome. <laughs> now, Irene's mother and my mother were pen pals, and our families met occasionally over the years. In fact, um, when Irene and I first met, she was twice as old as I was. You'll have to work that one out. <laughs> well, we moved as a, when I was a teenager to Hastings, and Irene's mother wrote to the local apostolic pastor, who was Ivor Cullen, and said to him, if you visit this family, they may come along to your church. So in the early 50s, we became apostolics, and my mother wrote to Trevor Wilson's dad and told Jeff Wilson about the apostolics, and they came to the apostolic church here in Hamilton about 1954-55. Trevor's been here ever since, and that's where he met Margaret. Margaret was already here. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> and if I had time, I would have asked Trevor to come and help me here. But I Now, alongside the development of denominations that we've seen, uh, there have been throughout church history renewal movements, renewal movements that have transcended the denominational borders and they've influenced whole sections of Christendom. I personally believe that the Pentecostal movement should have been like that, a movement. And it was unfortunate that because of the rejection that they had to begin to denominate. And on the PowerPoint there, I've got a whole heast of, feast of heap of um, some of the movements that have happened, the con contemplative movement, the holiness movement, the incarnational movement, the evangelical movement, the social justice movement, and the charismatic movement. And the one that affects us most as Pentecostals was the charismatic movement. Uh, in the early 1950s, all the churches were praying for revival, including the Pentecostals. We'd have our weekly revival prayer meeting. And when the revival uh, preachers came, like Renard, Leonard Ravenhill, um, and Edwin Orr and others, we would all flock to hear them. So we were praying for revival, and then in the 1970s, God began pouring out his spirit upon Christians in the evangelical and the traditional churches. We didn't expect that. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and started speaking in tongues, and they were exercising gifts of the Holy Spirit, but rather than leaving their denominations and their churches, they chose to stay in the churches. And they described themselves as charismatic. So the charismatics were Pentecostals who chose to stay in their own denominations. And so we've got a lovely move of God, and I remember being involved with uh, many charismatic groups and I was a speaker at the Christian Advanced Ministries summer schools and 
uh, you know, they, they were heady times. There was revival happening in our country, and we didn't realize it. It's just under the surface. The church was being renewed with this lovely move of God. So in summary, I'd like to say that some of the major renewal movements of the, that have happened is that there's been the Protestant Reformation that's restored the Word of God, the Scriptures, into the hands of God's people. And then we had the, the Pentecostal revival and the charismatic renewal, which restored the ministry of the Holy Spirit to God's people. And the unique revelation that God had given to the apostolic churches is now being received from Christians right across the board. Many leaders are embracing the fivefold ministries which are designed to empower and release the people of God into the ministry. So the ministry is now no longer limited to the specialist professional. It's being given to the whole of God's people. We are the ministers, and we're demonstrating that. And there's this new shift that's happening where the ministry of the saints is taking the message of the kingdom of God into the community and transforming it. Now, I want to present a scenario that uh, I believe will provide some idea of what we're going to be involved in in, in the future. We need to start thinking of it now because there's going to be an increase of the supernatural dimension in the last days. Turning to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and uh, the whole passage is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, but I'll just read the first four verses to start off with. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let's clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we are going to be gathered to meet him. Remember, Peter previously said that he's got to remain in heaven until all things are restored. All right, we're coming to the end of the restoration now. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them. Even if they claim to have a spiritual vision, a revelation or a letter supposedly from us, don't be fooled by what they say. For that day will not come until there's a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. So the Bible is describing here a battle that's going on in the universe, eventually between the powers of good and evil. You know what God's plan is? God's plan is that every human being receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what God's plan is. He wants you full of his Holy Spirit. You know what the devil's plan is? Exactly the same thing. The devil wants to get you filled with demons and evil spirits so that he can totally control and dominate the world. So there's a battle that's going on for our souls. Who are we going to serve? And we've seen in the past attempts for global domination. Uh, I've lived through the, through the Nazism, and I've seen the effects of communism and the, the fear of secular humanism, and now it's Islamism. But there's more. 
You know, at least Islam, it's a battle of religious uh, belief in that. But there's more. The Bible indicates that there's going to be a spiritual conflict that takes place and that there will be nations, national leaders, who will be employing and consciously using supernatural, evil, occult power for their domination. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. This man, this lawless man, he will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. There's going to come in this century an acceleration of spiritual activity. There will be, be a recognition of spiritual realities. We're seeing it now land now in our nation. Uh, Maori tanga is no longer just a superstitious myth as I was uh, influenced when I was a kid. You know, it's now a very real thing. We'll begin public departments with, uh, with prayers and acknowledging. So, that th so this, our world is recognizing spiritual forces a great deal now on the media and television. And the Bible talks about polarization in the last days and it describes... Increasing great contrast between light and darkness, between the tears and the wheat, between the good and evil. The polarization where people will no longer just be able to stand neutral. And just as the world is turning more and more to evil spiritual forces, so we as Christians need to be filled with God's Holy Spirit to be able to confront it and stand up to it. Supernatural themes may be considered exotic doctrines, you know. And I can reassure you folks this morning that uh, you can get to heaven without hearing somebody speak in tongues or to hear a prophecy. I mean, you can get to heaven if you don't see a miracle or a healing. Uh, we understand that, that the important thing is faith in Jesus and uh, being good and kind to people and loving. Those are the important things. But that doesn't rule out the extraordinary dimension. Christianity involves a spiritual and a supernatural dimension. Uh, you know, it's only really effective when the spiritual, supernatural dynamic is present. We've got to begin to think that way and embrace it. The natural activities that we do are an outcome of the supernatural encounters that we have with God. We should be expecting to experience God in our lives. We should expect a divine activity in our lives beyond our natural activities. Can I have an amen? <laughs> our initiation into Christianity is through a spiritual rebirth. Jesus said to Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Our Christian ministry our ministry relies on the spiritual dynamic. Supernatural dynamic of God confirming our preaching with signs and wonders. You know, Jesus relied on that. Acts 2.22, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs 
which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. Acts 10, verse 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus relied on the supernatural. And so did Paul and others of the New Testament. Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 to 5. He says, My message and my preaching were not with wise persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Paul said to the church in Rome, Romans chapter 15, verses 17 to 19, um, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I've said and done, by the power of signs and miracles, through the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and all the way to Illyricum, I've fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. And now it's our turn, folks. God wants us to continue this, this supernatural dynamic that the Pentecostal revival introduced to Christendom, that the charismatic renewal has begun to introduce us to. And folks, we need to embrace it for the days that are ahead of us. And the promises from our Lord, John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, Peter stood with the eleven. He preached to them. He said, in the last days, God will pour out his Holy Spirit upon all flesh. And this promises to you, to your children, to those who are afar off, even as those that the Lord our God shall call, and we've been called. Brothers and sisters, there's, a, there's an added dimension of Christian living that we should all be embracing. I'm glad to have been part of a, a Pentecostal movement. I'm glad that there's been a hundred years of, of blessed ministry that's been going on. But I'm not stuck back there. There's more, much, much more. And we move on into that. God has promised an increase of supernatural activity in these last days. And uh, there are books like the Mega Shift and others that are just full of dramatic, um, extraordinary stories of God at work, and you're beginning to hear about those things these days. So God wants us to appreciate and release the supernatural in our lives. Now, there might be some people here who are not really introduced to these things, and you've been around church for a while, and you feel, yes, I think I can trust Jesus. But you've never made that initial decision yourself. Look, brother, sister, I'm inviting you this morning to start the spiritual journey, to have a supernatural encounter. And uh, the start of it all is through the Christian initiation, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. You were created with a human spirit that was designed to receive God's Holy Spirit so that you could be alive 
spiritually. But unfortunately, through sin and selfishness and rebellion, we've been cut off from God. We're not enjoying that divine dynamic in our lives. So this morning, we need to take the opportunity to repent, change our mind about that, turn away from that, and to receive, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and make him our personal Savior, make him the Lord of our life. So normal Christianity, you can begin normal Christianity with this initiation of a supernatural experience. And I want to pray. I want to pray, and maybe we could all pray this prayer after me. I'll make a statement. You pray the statement after me. Repeat it. And uh, afterwards, I'm going to ask if there's anyone who make, made that prayer for the first time. Today you are receiving Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Today you are beginning a spiritual journey. Today you are beginning to encounter the supernatural. You need to have it in these last days. So let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, all together say it loud, Dear Father in heaven, I thank you for loving me and sending your son to earth to show me what you are really like and to die on the cross for my sins. I'm sorry for the wrong things I have done and ask you to please forgive me. I'm finishing with those things and want to make a new start. Lord Jesus, Please come into my life and change me forever. I want to live for you and follow you and be the person you want me to be. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Renew my mind and show me what you want me to do. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I accept your forgiveness and confess that you are now my Lord. Amen. 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 Now, is there anybody here who prayed that prayer for the first time? Would you just raise your hand? Just give me an indication that, yes, this morning I am accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Just give me an indication. Raise your hand. Looking across the congregation now. God is at work with you. God loves you. He wants to draw you into his family. And before the day is through, you make that decision. Make your prayer. Jesus, I receive you. Father in heaven, I thank you that you are at work in our lives. Thank you for the history that we have enjoyed in the past. But we know that there's much, much more. We reach out for that. Take us by the hand and lead us, we ask, in the name of Jesus. Everybody said. Thank you, Pastor X. Let's give Pastor X a great hand.